1: On a Friday Last show of the year for us We hope you had a great 2022 Hopefully it'll be even better 2023 Chad and Zay with you Hour 3 begins with a beat Chosen just for you by Zay What we got Zay? UGK,
0: Outcast, International Players Anthem Wait a minute
1: UGK and Outcast?
0: You ain't know they were on a song together? No! That might be their most mainstream song UGK like wow. everybody, not just Texans,
1: know that knows that song. So UGK and Outkast getting together, Houston and Atlanta. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Port Arthur, if you want to be specific. Port but Arthur. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Houston area. Yeah, yeah. You right. Rap. Uh, all right. UGK and Outkast. Well, I definitely trust a beat coming from that crew. My goodness, uh, I like both of those. Both I, I like everything I've heard by both. So together, it's got to be a good thing. All right, uh, so we start this hour with that beat, and uh, we've uh, we've attempted Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods. Apparently, the message board's going crazy today. I guess after Texas and Washington, I so. get it. I'm gonna try yeah, again. Yeah, no, that's all right. We'll, we'll we'll maybe try one more time. But uh, if we don't talk to him, we're definitely going to be talking Texas and Washington either way. Before we do that, let me just update you on bowl games because we got a couple underway. Maryland and NC State. Maryland up 13-9. They are early fourth quarter in that one, and UCLA is already up on pit in the Sun Bowl. Remember, it's that one bowl game that CBS gets. 14-6 out in El Paso. UCLA is up. That's a really interesting team, man. They have uh, they put together a good year, had some decent stuff happen for them uh, around signing day as well. Watch out for UCLA The next couple years had that big switch. The quarterback, remember the quarterback switch uh, from Oregon to UCLA that ultimately led Austin Novosad out to Eugene uh, happened for the Bruins. 14-6 UCLA. They are about mid-second quarter in that one. All right, so um, we definitely have been talking Texas and Washington throughout the day today. Uh, Zay, a lot of reaction to this game last night for you as a Texas fan when you come out of the game are you more focused on were you more focused on the Quinn Ewers part of the game were you more focused on you know Sarkin play calling where was your where were you when it was over and you had a chance to kind of process things where did your focus go first and where what do you think you'll be thinking about this next month or so uh, about the game?
0: Uh, Quinn yours in the passing game. I definitely thought about, throughout the game last night, all the guys that will be back and what they did in this game and maybe what we see in 2023. We know without Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, DeMarion Overshone, the Horns would be at a disadvantage against Washington because they had all hands on deck. This is a team that's just lost two games this year, Arizona State and UCLA, back-to-back, and then they went on a seven-game winning streak, including Texas. So they could go. Michael Penix could flat out sling it. You saw McMillan and Adunze. Adunze is an NFL wide receiver. McMillan might be too. Mm -hmm. And they showcased that yesterday. So, you know, everything that went bad, I think, had a lot to do with missing the three guys that I just named, Demo, Roshan, and Bijan, from start not trusting the running game, which we talked about yesterday, there were times he didn't trust the running game where Bijan was in the backfield, so why would we think, why would we be surprised at what we saw t- yesterday with 51 yards uh, between Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson, that, it shouldn't be a surprise at, y- at all, he didn't trust the running game game with Bijan, he definitely doesn't trust the game with Brooks or Robinson so Quinn yours I thought he was solid yesterday yes there were a couple mishaps in the first half the one that sticks out the most was the fourth downs quick slant to Xavier Worthy that was completely behind him if Zay would have caught that pass he would have taken that to the house the one that people are that people bring up too that was a the best pass, but should have been caught was a third down, like a third and three where Jordan did had like a quick out. Yep. And he dropped it. Mm -hmm. Jordan Whittenden has to make that catch. I agree. This is D1, Power 5 football, University of Texas. I love Jordan Winnington. I know he didn't get as many opportunities as he should have this year. You gotta make that catch. So, I I don't blame that one on Quinn one bit, but the 31 for 47, 369 yards. uh, He was solid yesterday. You got to be excited about that because you know, you heard him in the presser. He took ownership in his roller coaster season this year. He said, after the OU game, I thought I had it all figured out. And I started seeing three, three, five defenses and stuff, things that I've never seen before, things that we definitely didn't see uh, playing in that Dallas uh, high school district up when he was at South Lake Carroll. Clearly, he didn't have any reps when he went to Ohio State. So he got a little over his skis and got a little overconfident. And I thought Steve Sarkeesian was that way a lot with him with his play calling especially with Quinn Ewers throughout the season. But all in all, with this Alamo Bowl game, with all the players that you're going to lose – Guys like Terrence Brooks loved the way he played yesterday at cornerback. He should
1: have got that pick six though, Chad. Oh, that was his. That, that changes the game. We haven't talked about that. That changes the today. game What a play Brooks, that Brooks could have been. He was
0: terrific yesterday because they were trying him. I know Coach DeBoer, he was probably like, Oh, this freshman here, let's go test him. Because we know what happened in that TCU game with Quentin Johnston got open. Uh that was Terrence Brooks's fault. Him and Ryan Watts, the miscommunication, you know, that that was a huge play this season that if that play doesn't happen, who knows what that TCU game would have been? But guys clearly benefited from having that month to prepare and put in on the field. And I thought some of the guys on defense, like Terrence Brooks, showcase that next year they're going to be ready to go.
1: Yeah, that was God. That could have been such a big play. Could have been huge, such a massive play. What was
0: that, it? What was the score then?
1: Uh, I'd have to go back and double-check. Yeah, I'd have to check and see exactly where the score was there, but that could have been such a big moment for the defense. Um, and then, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about Ewers and, and Xavier Worthy, and we can have the adult discussion here about Xavier Worthy because Xavier Worthy knows he should make that, those catches. And when I watch him and think through the seasons, a eh, of the big shots they took, the ones that didn't connect, sometimes Quinn didn't throw the ball he wanted to throw. With Worthy, if I'm Worthy and the people around him, the receivers coaches at Texas and all that, you got to start working with that guy in trashy situations. When it doesn't go right, if you've ever seen when somebody's working out a quarterback and they grab a broom and they swing it in their face and they're you know taking pool noodles and stuff, somebody has got to start throwing random objects at Xavier Worthy while he's trying to catch footballs. He has to be so perfect when he's doing it. He feels like it's like he's living out that that stereotype of the true like thoroughbred wide receiver. It's all got to be perfect. The gloves have to be perfect. The shoes have to be perfect. Everything they need to get some imperfect in his world so he can start making big catches for his quarterback... Because that's what's not happening. Go to the Washington guys last night, McMillan and Adunze, they made huge catches for Penix last night. Big time. We got listeners today said, Oh my God, Penix was a badass, blah, blah, blah. Not really. No. Not really. He didn't there were a couple times though where his receivers made incredible plays. That last touchdown catch from McMillan is a silly hard catch to make. Running across that pattern, bending down, going the wrong way, and keeping the ball off the ground. So that to me is what Worthy needs to start working on. Get him running routes and literally throw stuff at him. Just find a way to shake that guy up and let him, you know, the body control discussion, moving his body when the ball is slightly off. That one down the sideline, you You've said it earlier. Catch that. He's that far off, though. That is a slight adjustment. At least it feels like it to me. A receiver's coach could tell him better than I could. That feels like it's a slight little adjustment. So worthy and yours to me, it's right there, but Jeff Howe gave us the numbers yesterday of the connection rate they have. It's really bad. It's really low. So where, you know, Steve Sarkeesian at Bama, he had Mac Jones throwing to those guys, and their deep ball accuracy was stupid good. Mac Jones deep and outside the numbers, it was like 83%. It was something so silly. These guys just aren't connecting the same way. They've got to start figuring out how to you know, get into multiple situations with him. I felt bad for Worthy. Yeah, I felt bad too. They gotta they gotta work on that stuff, man. It just feels like for him, everything's gotta be so perfect. Otherwise, it just it's not connecting.
0: And the magnitude of those drops being back to back is like a Mike Tyson two-piece in the face. It's it just right. that completely takes everything out of you know your team. Like you get the best look of the game right down the middle. And he, that was one of the worst drops. It reminded me of Casey Kane's drop in the Iowa State game, which Casey Kane, he showed me a little something. I yeah, talked nice about game those last night. He had yeah. a nice game where Des Bryant, he even tweeted out, which might be biased because they're both eighty-eight. but Des Bryant was like, yo, 88 yeah. for Texas. He's going to have to be a, 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 one of the main factors next season. And I agree, coming into this season, Casey Kane was supposed to be that third guy. We were always talking about who's going to be that third guy to go along with Xavier Wordy and Jordan Winneton. Casey Kane, it was not him this year. It wasn't, but he did have a really strong game with over 100 yards, and I know you know it, it probably shouldn't be that big 100 yards because the last play of the, the game was since, like yeah. 50-something, and that's just kind of trash yards at that point. But, yeah, man, it's just like Steve Sarkeesian said, when you – don't get that interception for Terrence Brooks, missed opportunities. When you don't get that easy touchdown right over the middle, Quinn Ewers throws it on the money, That's those are missing opportunities yep.
1: too. How yes. about – about this is an early missed opportunity. How about just the opportunity in a game that's just getting started to flip the field, block a punt. I mean block the punt, the yeah. guy that's trying to get to you. That's right up the middle, inexcusable kind of punt block. Yeah. You can't let that happen. They only gave up a field goal but it's a game they lost by 7. Right. So every little thing kind of matters there. Yeah, lots and lots of missed opportunities. Back to Kane real quick. That play where he's in the backfield. This is why this is why a, a Des Bryant would notice it and it's kind of like what they've done with CD Lamb this year. Put him in the backfield sometimes. But that swing pass to him for a big first down yeah, on fourth down. Great play. That's a great play call. That is Ballsy too, because you're telling you're putting something in the defense's face. They're not you're like wait, wait what's eighty eight doing? And all of a sudden the play is gone. Yeah. That's the kind of positive cuteness I'm talking about with Sark. It's those kind of play calls to me that he's got to he's got to you know try to live with and yeah. and make yeah. So for for yours and and worthy, they've just got to figure out a way to connect. And if not, Zay, there is a group of receivers coming to town this year. There's another group of guys getting healthy, Nayor and others. they got to just find guys that will go make plays for the quarterback. Right now, Worthy's not the guy. I hope he can become that guy or somebody else needs to. But if you're going to take that many shots, it can't continue to be this Quinn Ewers throwing to this Xavier Worthy. Something's got to change.
0: Yeah, and the problem with that too, Chad, is they focused a little bit too much on Xavier Worthy this year whether no it doubt. was just during the regular yeah. season or even in this game that we saw last night and we're focusing on number 8 and now number 1 that takes away from JT Sanders looks that takes away from Bijan Robinson when he was playing and the looks that he should have gotten the touches that he should have gotten and maybe TCU or the second half of the Oklahoma State game because when yours is just looking at Xavier wordy, just looking at beaming him down and that mm-hmm. makes the game pretty one-dimensional offensively where all this talent that you have around, like JT Sanders, he has a right to get PO'd yesterday in a way, because he barely got any touches. Like, what do you have? One catch yesterday? Uh Who's this you're talking about? JT, uh I'm sorry, uh, JT Sanders. Sanders, five catches. Five catches. Seemed like he only had one. One for 36 yards, so you're he right. didn't really mean for nothing. It was a quiet five. Yeah, Gunnar Helm had a bigger catch than he did, which that was a Great pass by Quinn Ewers to set up Jonathan Brooks for that touchdown to give him the second touchdown of the game. But all in all, just way too much looking at Xavier uh, Wordy this season, where you have way more weapons all over the field that some guys didn't get enough touches. This
1: yeah, game. that's true. The, the touches was definitely an issue last night uh, in some places, and just not making uh, you know not making all the plays they needed to. Again, missing those opportunities. So the Longhorns finished eight and five. I threw out the stat earlier. Since 2010, when that 2010 season cranks up, there's two nine-win seasons for Texas since then. Think about that. Two. That's 13 years of football. There's been two. Now, let's compare it to the the team that they'll be in the SEC with. Even though you don't want two Longhorn fans, you know you do deep down. A&M's had five in the same time frame. But I'll adjust for bad SEC non-conference in two of those years and kick them out because they had nine win seasons and they played garbage non-conference. Even if you want to kick those two out, Zay, you got to give the Aggies credit for three. There's one outside of the SEC time. There's 2020 when all they played was SEC games. And then there's the Johnny Manziel season where they won 11 games, take two of those away when they played garbage. They're still at nine wins, and the other non-conference they had was actually a ranked team. So I'll give them that one. But think about what I just said. House divided people? In 26 combined years of college football, y'all have, even if we count it all, seven nine-win seasons in 26 years. Yeah. That's pathetic.
0: Yeah, and then we got to watch tomorrow TCU play in the Final Four college football
1: playoff game. Thank you. Somewhere, somehow, in Austin and College Station, we have got to figure out how to get these two teams to be decent when they get to the SEC together. Yeah,
0: and every game you lost this season, all five – They were close. Texas Tech, close. Oklahoma State, close. You know what I'm saying? It's just TCU, close. You're right there. All these games that you play were basically one-score games. Yep. And – you know, what we saw last night we're not going to have the talent that we have this year. When you don't have Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson with that big-ass chain that he had on the sideline, people talk about distractions. I don't think they were a distraction be on the sideline. Rojo's chain, that was a distraction. <laughs> that might have been, been it. That was it's, the biggest
1: chain i ever seen. In a weird way, I first thought it was a little bit of a superficial discussion, but then, I'll admit, I got a little visually distracted when I saw Bijan on the sideline in a t-shirt, just folded arms, watching the game game and then later you wonder could that have been a distraction would Sark have done it again the same way does he feel like those guys being down there is a distraction he's got to figure that part out to what you said though about one score games the number for Sark is now four and ten at Texas in one score games, nineteen and twenty-two overall as a head coach. It's just something he seems to to bring on himself. He's in a lot of them, but think about that. Four and ten. So in his first two years at Texas, what I'm telling you, Longhorn fans, is you're gonna be in seven one score games a year, and you're gonna lose five of them. Now think about that. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have to change and continue. And, again, obviously there's been improvement year one to year two. We're not saying there hasn't. But that is something to keep your eye on. Four and ten in one-score games. It's too many of them, and you're winning 40% of them? That's not good.
0: Yeah, and it's so hard to look at that Alabama game because Quinn got hurt. Hell, it's even hard to look at that Texas Tech game because Quinn didn't even play. That was all Hudson cards. So, yeah, that's not a good record, Chad. Mm. Not one bit. SARS got to... Get it together.
1: Yep, so uh, we'll see if the Longhorns can get to that level. I've heard our people already talking about expectations for next year. If I want to set the minimum, I'm just going to keep with that nine number. I'm going to set that nine number in my head. you got to find a way to get to nine wins or more. And that's – that. And by the way, when I say nine wins only twice since 2010, I am allowing for the bowl game in every case. Yeah. I'll allow you to get it in the bowl game And they haven't been able to do that either. So that is big. Could have been huge last night. Washington steps up and gets the win. They get their 11th win of the year, and it looked like they were hungry for it. And at times, maybe a little hungrier than Texas was for that moment.
0: One play that really stood out, and we talked about this off-air was Adunze had a catch on the sideline. It was just about a quick five-yarder. One thing Michael Penix did really well last night was get the ball out of his hands to where the defensive line of Texas, they couldn't even be a factor. We know he doesn't get sacked, but the defensive line yesterday, they were a no-show, and that had a lot to do with Coach DeBoer and his offense just getting the ball out of Michael Penix's hands quick. But one of those plays was to Adunze it was just about five, six, seven yards, catch on the sideline. It ended up being like a fourteen yard gain because they couldn't bring took, him down. They could bring him yeah. down, and he flexed, and he was yeah, on the I same side. I was like, oh, flexing him, and I was like, yeah, they want it more than
1: us. Yeah, they just do. It is one of the biggest challenges of playing at Texas or a lot of other places. But can you match the? Anger created by your uniform while you're wearing your uniform yeah. is hard to do and sometimes hard to understand until you get right in the middle of it. But Washington brought that edge that we're pissed off because you're you're supposed to be the better team today, but we got more wins. You're yeah. supposed to be the better team, but we've got a better ranking, and we are going to show you how pissed we are, and Texas just wasn't able to match it for four quarters.
0: Yeah, and then plus Coach DeBoer, he's probably like, this is an away game for us. They're going to have nothing but burnt orange filling up the Alamo Dome. They're an hour away from their campus. We're going like thousands and thousands of miles from the Pacific Northwest all the way down here. Yeah, you're right. They had a lot of chip on their shoulder that they put on the field yesterday.
1: And yeah, the horns go down 27-20. Yep, got to go. Victor, go the spoils there, man. Washington definitely was the better team last night. We're talking about that today. Cowboys got a win as well. Up next, we'll also tell you why today matters. Two of the best at what they do have birthdays today. But the question is... Are they the GOAT? I might say no in both cases. We'll talk about it on the horn. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have
0: tons of innovative products, like venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
1: First off, y'all go back and listen to that on headphones. When it goes from one side of your head to the other, that was nice. I like that one. Um. Yeah, I don't have this one. I love it, but I don't have it. What do you got, Zach? Classic, probably the nastiest
0: rap you could possibly find in the 90s. Okay. I don't know how this is a clean version, but this is somehow. If it wasn't, we'd be kicked off air. Yes. Two Lop Crew, Uncle Luke, I Wanna Rock, Doodoo Brown.
1: Nice. Doodoo Brown. <laughs> Doodoo Brown. <laughs> Woo! Oh, two live crew. Little bit of controversy, just a l- yeah, a little bit, little bit of controversy back then.
0: Yo, if your mama is in her forties or fifties and she didn't twerk to this song back in the day, something was seriously wrong. Something's
1: wrong. Uh, two live crew. The album was called was it As Nasty as They Wanna Be? Is that what <laughs> I it was think called? So. Oh, it's a great album. They're like
0: rocking Miami Hurricanes gear because they're from that South Florida
1: area. Yeah, they. One of a kind One of the great album covers I've ever seen in my (laughs) life that shot of the whole band and the girls are standing. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Two live crew, the Spinners, David Bowie, Queen, and Anthrax have all been a part of the show today. Chad and Zay with you on this Friday. Our last show of the year. Thank you so much for supporting the show and the station all through 2022. We will get Monday off thanks to the bosses. We appreciate that. We'll be watching all the football like you will this weekend. So we'll have a whole lot to get to on Tuesday when we start our 2022 20- 23. But before we round out 2022, uh, we got uh, a little bit left to do. Maryland's still up um, on NC State. It's 16-12 now, four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They're all tied up at the Sun Bowl, Pitt and UCLA, 14-all, late second quarter, and Notre Dame and South Carolina are just about to kick off in the Gator Bowl. Let's see if Spencer Rattler can keep it going, or if Marcus Freeman's group can stop. His momentum. What an end to a season it would be if he can beat Tennessee, Clemson, and Notre Dame to finish. Man. Wow.
0: No, yeah, that was- that's why I... He was so highly decorated coming out of high school, going to Norman, play for Lincoln Riley. He could spin it, just his decision making. We saw in the Texas game where he was pulled twice. His decision making, it could yep. be off, but when he's on point, he throws a pretty ball.
1: Yeah, we'll see what it looks like today, and then uh, of course tonight, uh, a little later on, Ohio and Wyoming. If you have bar stool, you can watch that one at three thirty, and seven o'clock is Tennessee and Clemson. Best of luck to Cade Clubnick. We gave him some love in the flex segment today. Hopefully. Uh, at least from my perspective, and I know from a lot of y'all's as well, hopefully Clemson gets that win for the Westlake product, and he's a big part of it, and we can celebrate that one uh, when we get to 2023. All right, uh, before we round out this year, though, let's hit a couple of massive birthdays and Why Today Matters, December 30th. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists, 512-601-0303, or sinussnoringent.com. All right, there is no doubt, I don't think, that either, that both of these guys are in the best of the best discussion. I don't, I guess there's a little argument on one of them if he's Mount Rushmore, but it's Tiger's birthday today and it's LeBron's birthday today. So 47 for Tiger Woods, 38 for LeBron James. Isaiah, you are the basketball expert on this show. Where is LeBron all time for you? Second greatest player of all time. Okay. It's not even close. So it's James Donaldson and then him. <laughs> or is it Rolando Blackman? Which Maverick <laughs> do you go to? Brad uh, Davis. It might be
0: J.J. Jose Juan Berea. <laughs> he, he might be up there. I, I don't know. But, yeah. It, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, yo, how I always look at this, Chad, with the goat, all you know, all just the goat and talk and stuff. All the goats, they have a crib. They only know, they know they could get to. From Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, you know Babe Ruth, mm. Pele, Pele. They all they all have a place that they can go to that nobody knows where it is. But there's certain guys that can't get in. They might not have a key, but they got the GPS to at least get to the house and look at it. And that's LeBron James. That's just what it is. The okay. guy's literally having the worst season that he's had as a rookie. You know what he's averaging? Twenty seven, eight, and six. <laughs> In year 20. And he's pissed about it. Yeah, and he's so mad. Yeah. He, he's so mad. I heard him in the press the other day. He was like, I'm not trying to waste years team wise because I still <laughs> got years left. I'm like, dog, you're at year 20. People should be wrapping it up by now. You're talking about still being able to play for championships. Incredible. Then Tiger Woods, I, he's my goat, in my opinion. Yeah, I love Jack Nicholas. I know he has him a little bit on majors and stuff, but what Tiger has done to the game just for, for people of color like myself. I will yeah. never see anything like that ever again. So that's, yeah. it's a little bit different there. But both guys, they're, they're golden in their own, right?
1: They are. I mean, they're both monsters in their world, obviously. Uh, I would agree with you on the the LeBron thing in terms of where he, where he would go in the, the pecking order. He is incredible. I've always said to me, he is the greatest all-around weapon I've ever seen in the NBA. For everything he could do, and whatever you want to call his prime, just the combination of it boggled my mind to watch all of that at the same time. It's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, well, that kind of reminded me of Magic, and then that kind of had a little Jordan to it, and then there was a, that was like a Barkley, and then that was like a this, and a, he just combined it all so well. But I agree with you there. For Tiger, I think that's a legitimately – tight, close discussion with Tiger and Jack. I go back and forth on it, honestly. I'll think about it one month and I go, you know what, I think it's Tiger. Well, I think it's Jack. So the only thing like to me, if Tiger could have finished the run, if he had not had the cra if he had not had the craziness of the whole Elon thing, if he hadn't had multiple injuries and then this car crash towards the end of it. Right. I think ultimately he put something out he would have put a resume out there that nobody could have ignored. But we have to look at it for what it is. So I can understand the old school Jack fans saying, hey, look, Nicholas is still the guy, not just because of the 18 over 15 or whatever it is. He also had like 19 second places in majors. Like, that's pretty crazy. That is, that's nice with it. Some people want to use that as an insult, but like, no, 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 no. Yeah, he was gone. He was right there, and he finished second, 19. It's like Nolan Ryan's almost no hitters. You ever heard that list? That's silly. Nolan's yeah. got seven no hitters, but like, he carried no – the amount of no-hitters he carried into the late innings and didn't finish off, it's dumb. It's like 15 or 19 of them additionally. So that's it's, it's a tight discussion to me. But in terms of the importance and the transcendence and the iconic status, that's where Tigers got him.
0: Hell, if Tiger's daddy wasn't cheating in the Winnebago's, he'd have 17 of them things. <laughs> but Tiger's so scarred from that, man, it kind of, you know – yeah, probably have to see a shrink for that. I'm yeah.
1: not going to lie. If Tiger – just certain things I wish I could tweak about Tiger's career. I wish I could get him to not be like – like that weird obsession he had with the military stuff after his dad died. Oh, have you heard all those stories where he, no. he did all this weird – Yes, You know what yes, I mean? The extra – like military like
0: training and stuff like that.
1: Military training and different things like that where he – and he would push his body too far and he knew he was pushing his body too far. It's like, Tiger, you got to protect this man. you got to protect what you've got. Because you don't get to do – you get to do it longer than football players do. Yeah. But you can't assume you get to torque out that driver that way for years and years and years and years and years. So I wish I could go back and change some of it, but Tiger's still Tiger. Happy 47 to him. Still a badass. I hope we still get to see meaningful golf from him. The Masters thing a few years ago was a true gift. Yeah. Because we didn't think that was coming. That was was a great moment.
0: What's cool about both of those guys, LeBron and Tiger – they got other generations of them coming up that want to fill in their footsteps, from LeBron James Jr. to Tiger's son Oh, that's that true. We see with that's Tiger's, a great point. Tiger's son from last year to this year. Yo, homie hit puberty hard. Dude. He looks like a completely different kid. He
1: does.
0: like I don't know. I hope he's not hitting that military trailer that Tiger used to hit because my man, he looks yoked from last year to this year, them playing in that uh, father-son golf tournament that they always play.
1: Yeah. T- oh boy. T- <laughs> Tiger took him out to one of those military installations. All right, we're going to go do some training. We're going go to do some of this suck. Oh, <laughs> he
0: looks like little Hercules or something like that. Man, yeah. this, yeah, he's getting body right. I feel him. How good is LeBron's kid? Four star. Okay. Four star player. I don't yeah. think he's going to go straight to the NBA one and done like LeBron. Thinks he is, but yeah, he's a solid player. Four star player could go to a university somewhere next year and help a ball club. 15 17 minutes a game.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure situations you could talk about through the years that I've gotten to see. Whether it's you know Walter Payton's kid or you know different guys, Earl Campbell's children, which yeah. we know we know some of those stories from around here. And shout out to Tyler and Christian, those guys. The pressure if you were going to go down the same path is amazing. So for a kid like Tiger's kid, if he really is going to try to become a pro golfer, that's, to me, insanity, but best of luck. And same thing with LeBron. You're going to try to become a pro basketball player when that is your dad? Yeah. Just the amazing amount of, of pressure and shoes to fill and all that stuff. But you're right. That's an interesting way to look at these two guys today. The legacy that's coming is pretty crazy. And whatever LeBron is doing right now, whether you hate him, like him, whatever it is, 38 years old as of yeah. today.
0: Like, you wouldn't consider LeBron being a scorer. Like, when you look at LeBron James, the first thing that comes to mind is a scorer, it its overall player, but he's about to pass Kareem up in all-time points this year. Yeah, he is. And we don't look at him as a scorer. Like, I I admit, I'm one of the first ones to tell you top three scores for me in this order, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant. Yet LeBron's going to have more points than all of those guys yeah. when it's all said
1: and done. Right. That's why I'm saying it's the combination of him, the overall weaponry that guy brings to a basketball court is that's the gift he gave us. Yeah. Because you're we're never hadn't seen it before, and we haven't seen it since. Not all of it combined in that exact same way. <laughs> and yeah, he's just and
0: it's taken some of the greatest teams in NBA history to beat him. Like, that 2014 Spurs team is one of the greatest teams I've ever seen.
1: That's a great team. Like,
0: Patty Mills was knocking down everything. Boris Diaw was elite. Kawhi Leonard was MVP. Not only the big three was there, Tony, Manu, Temi. Like, what what don't you want with that team? Fast forward to that Warriors team with Kevin Durant. I mean, come on. Do we really need to talk about that? Yeah. Go back to LeBron's first time in the finals, playing against that 07. Really good San Antonio Spurs oh, that's team. That's a great team, Every team that he faced against and lost to was elite. Yeah,
1: you're right. Absolutely. Happy birthday to those two guys. Also, happy birthday to Carson Wentz, who just got his job back. 30 years old today for Carson Wentz. I uh, yeah. <laughs> hope you have a
0: horrible 30th birthday, Carson. Uh,
1: Sorry. I do, too, but I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh i'm shallow that way i hope cleveland goes to washington and ends their playoff i'm not sure if that would end their playoff hopes altogether but at least it would put a dent in it also today is national bacon day so go have yourself some bacon your favorite way to have bacon zay what is it oh straight up burger what do you do
0: yeah just og with it give me some eggs scrambled or over easy bacon on the side definitely over easy i like dipping it in the yolk Okay. sopping it in the yolk. That's so, good stuff. Yeah, give me some crispy bacon. I'm good. How about you? I'm a bacon cheeseburger freak. Bacon cheeseburger
1: guy. Huh? That's the deal. Yeah. That and we talked the about the deal.
0: sweet and spicy at Whataburger. Sweet. No wonder that's your go That's it.
1: Bacon cheeseburger, man. First time I've ever discovered that one as a kid, I thought, oh, this is where we're going this way forever. I'm always looking for a burger with bacon on it. Absolutely. Alright, hope you're having a good uh, Friday today. One more segment in 2022 for us. We'll get you set for the weekend. NFL Week 17. Longhorn lose last night. Bowl games coming this weekend. Up next, we'll tell you what our picks are for the uh, semifinal games. Don't move. It's the horn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Fool.
0: You know how we do it. on the west side. I mean, know west side. Nothing but the west side. song hitting all night long just like on the
1: black and white first off that was an expert usage of the word fool that was fantastic just you know you're a badass but all you have to say is fool and you can make it part of the the whole rhythm of it all right definitely feels West Coast absolutely Feels like we may have the good doctor involved. No. Is the doctor involved here? He's not. Is this Ice Cube? Yes. Okay. That voice I recognized. But, yeah. I, but Dr. Dre doesn't have anything to do with it. No. Okay. This is when... This is solo Cube, Ice
0: Cube. Yeah, this is when... They were cool at this time, but Cube had a bad falling out with ECE and NWA, yeah. and he left first, and Dre left to go to death row. this is when Cube was doing his own thing.
1: That's a great beat. Yeah. So great. It's got sunshine in it. You can like feel the sun shining. You can picture him flying down some road in Cali with the sun shining and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: you, you could tell whoever was in charge of the record company with Ice Cube back then, because this album came out the year after The Predator, which had Today Is A Good Day. But you could tell they were like, yeah, we need something like Today Was A Good Day. Can you do that for us? And he got pretty damn close with this. I right. love this
1: song. Man, oh, man. All right, good stuff there. Ice Cube. Two live crew, the Spinners, David Bowie, Queen, Anthrax, all a part of the show today, plus the UGK Outcast beat to start the hour. Look at me. I'm the. Ignorant guy that didn't know UGK and OutKast worked together.
0: Yeah, it might be UGK's most famous song, but that's all right. How about
1: that? Obviously, I got a lot to learn. Uh, (laughs) I've learned that in music over the years. All right, uh, before we get out of here, we got stems and seeds, and we got a weird video we have got to talk about from the Alamo Bowl. Let's just get it out there before the year ends. Here we go. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no stems. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Our man CB sent it to us. Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods tweeted it out. I'm not sure if he is the source of the video itself. But he tweets out, Texas football coach Steve Sarkeesian with that get-your-hands-off-me-bro energy before the Alamo Bowl. Yo,
0: he didn't say that.
1: I'd say it went a little farther than that. You get a good shot of Sark and some of the players getting ready to go, and you know how it is when you know, you're know you holding the players back and is it time to go, is it time to go? There's like a tech guy. There's a – I don't mean Texas Tech. I mean a technical guy there that's holding everybody back to say, okay, now it's time for you to go, and he puts his hand on Steve Sarkeesian Asian. sark does not appear to like it and immediately gives him kind of a side look and then he goes to don't effing touch me again mfer
0: Mother.
1: M- <laughs> the mfer and then i make sure i get the second part right and then get your effing hands off me is the second part of it So, Zay, as a Longhorn fan, you've watched this a couple times. Is this just something where you want to tell your coach to calm down, or is this something where you want to tell the facilities guy, hey, man, what are you doing touching the head coach?
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the fire, but it's a tad disrespectful. The dude's just trying to do his job. You know, I (laughs) – he didn't deserve this. And if they would have won, I've been would have really liked the fire, but the fact that they lost along with this, it doesn't look good.
1: Is that that guy's job is my question? Yes, clearly. Has he done that before? Is that I'm, I'm trying to think of do I normally see the head coach being touched or I'm used to the coach holding the players back. I'm used to the coach like standing either facing the players, all right, hang on guys, hang on, hold on, hold on, hold on. and then we go. I'm just not used to seeing the technical guy touching the head coach. I just wonder. I'm not trying to defend Sark here, but I'm wondering if that's what was going through his mind. He's jacked up. He's amped up. He's ready to go. He's getting that intense thing going, and then you got a guy touching him in a situation where no one ever touches him. I don't remember ever seeing that before. Yeah, I, but it does feel like he went too far with it. Went way too call-
0: yeah. far. Yeah, calling somebody an mfer. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's those are fighting words where I'm from. It's I know uh, Sark had a lot of horns behind his back, lot of players, but yo, my man kept his composure together because you get in my face doing that to me, mm. Steve Sarkeesian. I don't care where
1: we're at, we gonna have an issue. By the way, after seeing that video, Zay, I would like to state publicly, very clearly, Sark. I thought you looked great in a cowboy hat, and I thought that Taco <laughs> Bell suit was <laughs> awesome. Have I not said that? I make sure I'm clear. <laughs> about yeah, because you can get it. You can get Dude, it. The eyes, the Aye. intent. Woo, There's a fire going on there with Sark. I didn't quite know. Uh, I guess the players would tell us that that could come out pretty easily. He was but, out of
0: line though. You can't be calling old guy trying to do his job in the effort. Get your effing hands off me! Yeah, the effort.
1: this is. Uh, <laughs> A side of Steve Sarkeesian maybe Texas fans are not used to seeing. All right, Zay, real quick, your prediction for TCU-Michigan. Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I want to pick TCU. I'm rooting for them. No, I'm not rooting for them.
0: That's a lie. I am not
1: rooting for them. You're not? Hell no. No, I'll root for TCU. I'll root for TCU. It's not there. It's not there. How fault. many times
0: has Texas won nine uh, games in the last
1: decade? In the last decade plus, it's twice. Okay, then. Yeah, I'm not going for TCU. Today. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State. Georgia. Yeah, me too. I'm rooting for Ohio State in that one. I'm not. I'll. I'd never root for Ohio State. I'll root for Georgia to win it. Maybe it's my SEC bias saying they're gonna win it, but. It's gonna to be tough to repeat, but I say they win this game. Yeah, we'll see about the championship game once it's set. But we'll I'll see. go with George. Happy as New well. Year, y'all! Happy New Year's Day! Happy New Year to everybody! Ball don't lie. Coming up, we will talk to you next year. See ya.